All right, welcome everybody. Uh, this is a special summer edition of On the Table, uh, which is uh, which means that we're back at home doing a lot of work here, which has been great to be active in the district and 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 busy uh, at home, which I've loved. So uh, this is a good thing. We also get a little bit of heat. Today's a little warmer out there, so I kind of worked up a sweat. But uh, it's all good. So working up a sweat is a good positive thing. And I can see our guests drinking some water, so that's a good thing. So uh, I'm very excited to take a couple minutes here today and talk to one of the great labor leaders that we have in the state of Pennsylvania and clearly our country as well. Makes a big difference for his uh, working uh, men and women uh, who have chosen him to lead uh, this very important uh, union. And of course, I have to say that I'm excited for it well because it is my home union. But we, our guest here today is Mr. Bernie Hall. He is the director of District 10 for the United Steelworkers. He is in charge of District 10, but Bern, welcome and tell us what is District 10? Oh, first, uh, thank you for the introduction, the over, uh, the over, overly generous introduction. I appreciate that. Um, so District 10 uh, for the Steelworkers, that is the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, our, our union is divided up uh, amongst Canada and United States into 12 distinct uh, districts. We are probably the only district that serves only one state or one Canadian province. Um, uh, we have uh, 50,000 members in our state. Um, and because of the number of members that we have in our density, um, uh, we, we just cover the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, it's, and no doubt, obviously, uh, Pennsylvania is obviously key not only to uh, the steel workers, but also, you know, to the history and the, hopefully the future of our country. So much has happened here where the middle class has been built uh, by uh, union hands. Uh, and we do have the International Steelworker Headquarters that is also here, right here in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, um, we are uh, blessed to have our international headquarters right here in Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't think it comes as a surprise to anybody, but uh, our union was really born here uh, in, in Western Pennsylvania, but throughout the state. And uh, we proudly kept our international union here. Uh, it's a blessing for those of us here in District 10. That's just that much more resources we have to lean upon. But uh, we have a long and storied uh, history here in PA that we're going to continue for many years to come. Well, you know, and I think that's, you know, as we talk to, I, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, obviously you're, you've taken over as director along uh, a, a lot of great leaders before you as well, uh, but sort of where you're looking to lead the steel workers uh, here in Pennsylvania as we go forward. But there, there's no doubt that um, I think a lot of people are surprised when they find out that steel workers represent more than just steel workers, right? Yeah, um, it's a conversation I, I find myself in quite a bit. Um, you know, we we were born as steel workers. We come out of the steel mills um, uh, across the Midwest. Um, but over the many years, as the economy's changed, the labor movement has changed, um, we've also merged with a number of unions. Um, Today, uh, we probably boast we're the largest representative of not only steel workers, but rubber workers, chemical workers, aluminum workers, brick workers, glass workers, cement, nuclear, we're the largest paper and oil uh, union in the country. Um, but on top of that, we also, just here in Pennsylvania, we represent thousands of higher ed education employees. We have attorneys, we have pharmacists, uh, we have police officers, public sector workers, 
We have folks that make tanks for the military and munitions. Um, we have nonprofit uh, individuals, uh, therapists. Mm -hmm. I can go on and on. Um, we're easily one of the most uh, diverse unions by industry in the country and certainly in the state of Pennsylvania. Well, and you know, Burns, given that too, what, could, I imagine that that diversity has uh, some, some advantage and, and I wonder too about some challenge. What is it like for you in your role when it comes to representing such diversity that you find here in Pennsylvania? Oh, well, that, 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 that could be a long answer, but, uh, you know, it, it, it is a challenge uh, for obvious reasons. Um, but, you know, as much as it can be a challenge, getting to know every industry, uh, the nuances of the industry, uh, the bargaining history, um, certainly legislative happenings, um, policy, uh, how policy is affecting a particular industry. But it also brings us a lot of strength. Um, you know, one thing that you learn doing this job, especially in a union as diverse as ours, that it doesn't matter what you do, whether you're a, uh, a university professor, a pharmacist, a nurse, you're a steel worker, you work at a paper facility or aluminum plant, um, working people uh, by and large have the same issues. Uh, they want to tackle the same things. People want to go to work. They want to make enough to pay their bills, mm -hmm. uh, to maybe have a little extra to go on vacation. They want health care that they can afford and that is accessible to them when they need it. Right. They want to know that when they put in a, a, a number of years at any facility, that they're going to have a pension and that they can retire someday and be able to live a, a life where it has some quality. Um, so, you know, while there are some challenges that come along with it, um, uh, one of the unique things that you find is it doesn't matter what you do for a living, you know, people basically want the same thing. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and that's, I'll tell you, I, uh, I mentioned earlier that steelworkers are my home union. They, uh, I, um, you know, so when I came into Allegheny County, I, I, to be honest, I was actually surprised at the time, just because uh, I rolled into the public defender's office and found sure enough that the steel workers were there, uh, and I, so I was very excited when I had my my union card. And it actually, um, the public defenders uh, in particular, we had teamed up in a local with the district attorneys and I believe some medical examiners, if my memory is correct. Yeah. Yep. And so it was just interesting to find that, and it was it was actually a plus for us because so much of what we had to also deal with was, as public defenders, uh, we had historically struggled for equitable pay. So when the steel workers were able to pull us together, um, you know, that really helped sort of, um, you know, make the office a place where people can live, afford to afford to live and stay. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, that that is just one example. I think most people would would tend to think that, well, if you have a law degree and you're working as an attorney, whether it is a public defender or an assistant district attorney. At starting out, you're 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 making a good living. You have it pretty well. I think that they would be surprised to learn um, what folks oh, yeah. uh, start out in in those careers. And yeah. um, just like anybody else, that's you know that's why they organize. They organize for strength and power and to um, do better for themselves. Well, you know, Burn. Obviously, you um, you've been uh, uh, with the steelworkers for quite some time. Uh, tell me, what made you want to be you know, sort of the director of District 10. Why'd you run for it? Uh, you know, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania. Um, 
my family. I'm a fourth generation steel worker. Um, you know, from my great grandparents, uh, my great grandfather who immigrated here, went and worked in a steel mill. Um, my grandfather and grandmother were steel workers. My mother and father were both steel workers at one point in time. Uh, my brother's a steel worker. Um, so growing up, hearing the stories about the, the, the union and what the union meant to my family and to our communities, um, you know, I was very fortunate not long after I got out of school, I got hired into a representative facility. Um, you know, I, I worked in a zinc smelter. Uh, I was a, a, a mechanic in the mill. Uh, I turned wrenches by trade. Um, but I was fortunate enough, I got involved with the, the union early because it was something that was instilled in me. And uh, I found a passion for it. Um, not everybody gets to get, get up for work every day and know that my job is to make other people's lives better and to advocate for people and for workers um, to, to do better for themselves. And, you know, that's an honor and it's a privilege. And I love what I do. And I think that you would find that most labor leaders feel the same way. It's really not work. It, it's a passion. Uh, and it's something that for me, my kids and my family have benefited from, um, you know, and it's nice to kind of pay that forward and help others. Um, just live a better life, live, live with some certainty. Well, you know, it's, uh, I, I tell you, it's, um, I know the hours that you're putting in and I often bump into uh, similar situated labor leaders uh, as they represent their elected, um, you know, uh, their unions as well, uh, as well as Darren Kelly, who's the head obviously of our labor council, our friend. It, it, it amazes me how, uh, how much more work each time that I see my friends move up into a greater responsibility, I could see the amount of work that you guys are taking on. And so you said you have 50,000 steel workers here in Pennsylvania. You can't tell me that's making, that's giving you more sleep. You must be, you must be getting tired. Look, I, I think anyone that does this work uh, gets tired. Uh, you know, from all of our representatives who are out in the field working with the locals, uh, I'll be honest with you, the people that have it the worst, no, no matter how tough this job can get, you know, you have local union officers, they work full time in their facilities or, or their shops, and nobody works 40 hours anymore, right? They're working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. They got a lot of things going on at home. And then they take on a role as a local union officer um, on top of all of that. Uh, you know, sometimes we have to remind ourselves we're blessed because this is my full time job. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of time out of my my day, but I remember the days back in the local when I had to put in that 50 hours a week when I, you know, uh, plus, you know, with the young children and a family. And then on top of that, trying to run the local. Um, and I promise you, uh, you know, it's public information. Nobody, uh, nobody gets rich off being a local union officer. Uh, quite frankly, most of them get maybe a couple hundred dollars a month stipend. And um, they're the real people who make the real difference. Uh, out in the workplaces. Yeah. Bernie, obviously, look, the uh, you're uh, 50,000 people are dependent upon your leadership here. And obviously, you got a great team, I know, that helps you get things done. But as far as the challenges that you see for the union um, here in Pennsylvania, what are some of the, the tough parts that you know that you're going to have to, you know, dig your heels in and your leadership is going to be key to help sort of navigate the union through? You know, the, there's so many different answers to that question, right? But um, I will tell you one of the, one of the big challenges we have, and I think a, a lot of unions have, um, 
and it's really a good problem to have. Um, we've organized a lot of new members in the last few years. And, you know, I told you about how diverse we were. And there's so many people, there's so much energy, uh, you know, people uh, wanting to get involved with unions. Um, you know, seeing the change that unions are making, you know, it's getting headlines in, in, in a number of fronts. Um, that That's a stretch on our resources. Um, you know, we haven't seen people organizing like this uh, for a number of years, but the biggest challenge we have is our laws are antiquated. Uh, they were written at a different time. And unfortunately, over the years, um, you know, employers have gotten very sophisticated. It's a multi-billion dollar industry trying to to bust workers who want to form unions of their own. And um, it's a process that can drag out. And uh, yeah. that that is really the challenge, trying to, to um, A, convince the public, show the public, you know, the problems that there are. Certainly people who try to organize in the workplace uh, see it firsthand and then make change, legislative change. So you know, our, our country for many, many years, our policy is that we promote collective bargaining and that people have the right to come together and bargain collectively. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, that isn't the way it really happens in the real world. Um, employers well, fire people, they punish people, they delay, they stall, they bring in, you know, these huge law firms to, to, to run campaigns to block employers. And that takes a lot of resources and that, that's a big problem. Well, Doing you know, the work that needs to be done and also trying to make that change, that systemic change for the future. You know, and that's one, you know, I know that we kind of teamed up a little bit, too, to talk about the the um, sort of uh, lifting up and supporting organizing rights, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, where we want workers to be able to exercise their choice unencumbered uh, in, as whether or not to join a union or not. And I, I think that that's that's something that we're just sort of, I think, in the, in the legislature, maybe dipping our toe into which is to really understand how tilted this system has become uh, yeah. and how, you know, uh, sort of those corporate lawyers have found a way to uh, stymie people's rights. Yeah, I mean, it, it really, it's an industry in and of itself. Um, I, I can't think of an industry that that's really like it. I mean, the, that entire industry is built around trying to, um, to mislead people and trying to take away your right as a citizen to make that decision for yourself, whether you want to collectively bargain or not. It is a multi-billion dollar industry. People make a lot of money doing it. Um, they put a lot of science behind it. And look, um, you know, I talked about our local union leaders and when you're talking about people who work in workplaces that are non-union, they want to form a union. It's a lot of work, right? But they still have to work their 60 hours a week. They still got a family at home. They still got events that their kids are going to. And now on top of that, when they're trying to talk to their coworkers about the possibility of forming their own union, you have human resources folks who are full-time, who are you know being pressured by uh, the corporate heads to stymie this effort. And they're bringing in, you know, high-priced yeah. law yeah. firms and consultants to work against them, and it's it's an unfair playing field, and no, probably know. one of the hardest things to do. I mean, statistics show, survey after survey, the vast majority of Americans would join a union tomorrow if given the opportunity, but yet it is so difficult for them to actually exercise that right, and that's well, just fundamentally not something that should happen in this country. You guys have you guys have found some uh, big success recently, 
Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, you know, which is a, a testament to all that hard work. Why don't you tell us a little update on uh, on your um, steelworkers' big organizing success? Look, and again, it's not so much. Uh, it, it is great. It makes great headlines, and it's a lot of pride for our union. You know, our district here in Pennsylvania, um, we've organized almost seventeen thousand new members in the last few years. Um, but what does that mean? Um, that isn't because of anything it, it, as much as we all like to, 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 you know, kind of feed our own egos, right? Um, that is the hard work of people out there that are just fed up. Um, and they're standing up and said, look, we want to form a union. This isn't anything that was handed to them. Um, I think it's a sign of the times. Um, you know, our, our membership roles uh, are, are going to grow almost uh, actually just a little over 20% because of it. But keep in mind, when those folks organize, sometimes it takes a couple of years. Some of those drives took years to, to come to fruition. Then they got to bargain a first contract. And yeah. that's a whole nother thing. And sometimes that is drug out for years. Um, and I don't think people kind of get that too, Bernie. I think that that's something we've been bumping into, right? I mean, not only is it that you have to fight through the corporate uh, attorneys to kind of get your local, your union organized, but then you still have to fight again to try and get the first contract because there's such an effort on behalf of corp, uh, corporations to kill the first contract sort of in the, in its infancy, right? Yes. I mean, take for instance, and, and you're very well aware of this, um, at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, the faculty, uh, it was a, a multi-year effort by the faculty. Um, it really was worker-driven. Um, they formed their own committee a few years ago. They came and they talked to a number of different unions because they wanted to unionize. They they chose to uh, affiliate with the USW. It took them a couple of years. Finally, they had their election. They won convincingly. Um, and for the last, it's, it's been almost two years now, they've been bargaining uh, a first contract. And best case scenario, it's still going to be another few months before they can get an agreement. Why is that? Um, there are universities that are, that are just the same size as University of Pittsburgh. They've gotten similar contracts done in just a couple months. Uh, the reason being is, you know, when, when you have one side of the table that's only willing to meet a couple times a month, maybe for a few hours, and, you know, when there's things that are put onto the table that, it, that are just absolutely out of the realm of uh, reasonable um, it, it's just a delay tactic. It's a stall tactic to, to beat people down. But I look at it this way. I think that that's a real sign. Even after all of that, even after everything that those folks uh, have had to endure, it's spent millions of dollars uh, to try to stop them. They are just as committed today as they were when they first started this. And every day yeah. they grow momentum. And that's inspiring. Um, no, no doubt. Yeah. And I, I, I think that that's, that is inspiring. And that's what um, I think is amazing, uh, really, is uh, how much has to be done, it seems, for people to have that voice and be treated fairly uh, at work. And, you know, look at that from the House uh, Democrats this, uh, you know, this past uh, spring, we passed a variety of pro-worker uh, and pro-union measures, uh, including workplace safety. Um, you know, um, everything from uh, we've been advancing issues from anything from minimum wage to uh, paid leave 
uh, and there's more uh, coming. There's work still to be done. Uh, but the idea is that we really have faith in the Pennsylvania workers uh, and really believe that they should be in uh, control of their destiny without that sort of uh, outside influence as to what their choices are. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so and, and look, it's not to say we don't have some great employers. We definitely do. But great employers must mean that they respect their their their, their workers as well. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, if I can touch on just a couple of them, because I, I think it's so important for for people to understand, um, you know, workers' rights have come a long way in this country. Um, they have a long way to go compared to a lot of um, uh, advanced uh, countries. Uh, we really lag behind in workers' rights. But just here in Pennsylvania, you know, Pennsylvania is, is a union state. Um, it's, it's a blue-collar state. We have a long tradition, but you know, this year, finally, after many, many, many years, we were able to get through the House, House Bill 299, public sector OSHA. I think, you know, when you talk to, um, you know, your neighbors, and they would be surprised to know Definitely. that if you're a public sector worker in this state, you don't have OSHA protections, right, and there right. is no equivalent of OSHA. There's nobody that you can call. So if, you, if you're public sector and you, you don't have a union to support you, there's nobody to call to say, hey, look, we have these unsafe working conditions. Um, yep. And, you know, a lot of times in those situations, if you raise those sorts of issues without those protections, there's not much that you can do if you're retaliated against or, God forbid, fired. Um, yep. But for the first time, uh, it's passed the, the, the Pennsylvania House. Uh, you, uh, Chairman Dawkins, and so many uh, really um, worked hard uh, to get that passed. Um, yeah, you know, appreciate it. And it just goes to show you, like, uh, there's so much work to be done, and it's going to be a heavy lift in the Senate. Well, that's um, right, Bert. There's a lot of debate whether it will even pass in the Senate, something that you think is a no-brainer. Like, how yeah. can't we have basic safety uh, uh, policy in, the, in this state, in this commonwealth, or legislation, protections for workers? And that is still, in 2023, something that is people want to debate. Yeah, look, and I, I wish we, uh, all I could say on that is I, I do wish we had a couple more votes from the other side of the aisle. They, you know, look, the best union, uh, unions, of course, represent uh, people not only from a variety of workplaces, I mean, uh, uh, of a variety of workplaces, but they are also, they represent America, right? So you're going to have every religion, uh, every race, uh, every orientation, um, you're going to have everybody who's there, right? Uh, yeah. And that includes political orientation. So, yep. um, you know, union issues are best done when we do see that bipartisan strong support. I, I would admit to you, I'd like to see a little bit more uh, as we go into the remainder of this term. You, you and me both. Um, you know, and that's something that we're trying to get back to. Um, some of the best union members that I know uh, would tell you that um, they're conservative or they're Republican, and that's fine. But we should all be able to agree that just because you work for your local municipality or the state, that you should have basic protections when it comes to health and safety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we should all be able to agree that, uh, I, I think this is another thing that really blows people's minds when they hear it. There's a debate over House Bill 300 uh, to amend the Pennsylvania Human Relations Act to say that under Pennsylvania state law, you can't be discriminated against because of who you love or how you identify, right. that's not protected. And um, I don't care whether you're Democrat, Republican, Independent, 
I think you really need to look at uh, who's voting against things like that and really have to question and, and quite frankly, call them and question them and say, hey, look, I, I've supported you. I voted for you, whether you're in my party or not. But how, can, how is this something that you can be against ethically, morally? It's just the right thing. And um, it's no something doubt, that more people really need to be aware of. Burn, uh, you know, and I know I can't keep you too long here with it too, but, you know, in relation to, um, you know, sort of those who are maybe new, as you referenced, uh, maybe there's people uh, who are listening who are uh, new to a union, but also maybe new to considering uh, how to exercise their rights. You've been, uh, you've been all over the, the sort of union movement here. If you're brand new, either new to a union or considering joining or creating a union, What's a bit of advice you can give them? Uh, patience. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's David versus Goliath. I think there's some business interests that want to, um, you know, say, you know, talk about the big bad unions. And but quite frankly, uh, you know, working people will never have the money and resources uh, that business and industry has. Uh, and that's why some of our laws are the way that they are. But um, time after time, we've shown people who are patient and are willing to go the distance, um, more often than not, right wins out. Um, just like those workers at Pitt that we talked about, uh, they're committed, whether it takes another day, another right, month, right. another year, they're gonna stick it out. So. You know, whether you're trying to form your own union or you're just getting into the union and you want to get involved and there's something in particular that you want to see changed, uh, re remain patient, but also be persistent because your voice matters. And um, if you're not speaking up about these things, nobody else is. Vern, one of the, um, uh, one of, I had the luxury, uh, uh, the honor of uh, at times uh, listening to Leo Gerard uh, up close uh, and be, mm -hmm. you know, being friends and, and listening to how he led uh, the steel workers and how he fought for working people uh, all over. Um, I wonder, is there a, a person big or small in the union movement who helped sort of make a difference to you um, and kind of like um, sort of uh, be an example for you in the, uh, now that you're in such a key position as well? Oh, wow. That, <laughs> there's so many people over the years. Um, I, I, I look back, I was very fortunate. Uh, I told you I was very young. I got hired into a steel worker representative facility. And uh, there were some things that were going on at the, that the company was doing that I wasn't happy about. And I, I spoke up and, um, you know, I, 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 I was kind of button heads with the current local union leadership about it because I thought that we could be doing more. And, you know, as a young man, uh, some of the older heads that worked in the mill kind of um, took notice of me and encouraged me and supported me. Um, and I, I think back all those years uh, to that time, um, thinking, you know, knowing what I know now, um, what what an honor it was that, you know, here were, you know, men that worked in that, that smelter that I come out of. They'd been there 25, 30, 40 years. Um, and I was just a young kid, uh, barely old enough to, to have a a beer and they looked at me and they said, Hey, look, we think that uh, this is something that you can do and we believe in you and we support you. Um, 
And I'll never forget that. I, I carry yeah. that with me. And, you know, you know, every day that I go to work, when I kind of question what it is that I'm doing, I always think back to those people that I worked with. Um, what would they think about this decision or what would they think about what I'm doing now? Um, I mean, there's so many others yeah. that, I can, that yeah. I can talk about, but that's where it started for me. And, well, uh, I wouldn't be where I am without uh, without them lifting me up. Well, and look, and, and thank you for sharing. And look, so many so many people wouldn't be where they are without the steel workers and without great unions to uh, to help uh, grow our middle class, which is how it really all began in this country, uh, and how some people I think need to uh, remember uh, as we go forward. So, you know, look, Bernie, I, I want to thank you so much for spending a little bit of time, uh, my friend. It is an honor to have you with us, and an honor to uh, see your leadership uh, in District Ten. Um, you know, so thank you for everything you're doing for not just the men and women uh, of the steel workers, but for all working people in Pennsylvania. You know, I hope you know that you make a difference. We appreciate you. Well, I, and that goes both ways. I thank you for the kind words, but also, um, look, thank you and, and the leadership in the House. Uh, under the current leadership uh, in the Pennsylvania House, we're seeing bills being moved. I mentioned public sector OSHA. That's something that's been talked about for decades uh, and we're finally seeing movement on that and we're paying real meaningful legislation that's going to have a positive impact for workers and that's not easy as elected officials I know I know that uh, you know some of the big donors aren't very happy when when you get behind uh, some of the, the bills that uh, working men and women champion so you know thank you and the entire leadership for standing up and uh, doing what we believe is right. Well, listen, I, I appreciate it. I can tell you with uh, with uh, whether it's Joanna or uh, Dawkins, that I can tell you like nobody that our leadership is not blinking in finding ways and looking for ways to to grow opportunities uh, for uh, working people, for unions, and for um, uh, for the middle class here in Pennsylvania. We're going to keep doing that. You know, at some point too, by the way, I think I'd love to grab maybe you again with uh, you know, let's go a little bit more into organizing. You know, so maybe we grab somebody from the uh, international to kind of give us some more insight as to how how that could work. Would you be up for that? Absolutely. That'd be great. Hey, brother. Listen, thank you. We're again, we're, we're closing out with my good friend in the Steelworkers District 10 director, Art, uh, Bernie Hall. Thank you so much for, for just giving us a little bit of insight during the summer. Um, you know, I know we got all 100 things going on. I got like I got like people outside my door like uh, we're, we're supposed to be doing a big like. Uh, uptown thing tonight. Uh, I've been running up and down literally Washington Road. It's It's been a crazy day, but thank you so much for joining us, Bernie. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it and uh, enjoyed the experience. Thanks. Thanks, buddy.